Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pond Theater post Thanksgiving. Thank goodness. Now we don't have to deal with another holiday about uh, mass genocide. So we're we're okay now. Uh, no, no. I yeah, that, that that's just the thing that's been going on this year at Thanksgiving. There's there's a dispute between two groups of people, people who love Thanksgiving, like you, you gotta celebrate it or else you're a jerk or people like if you celebrate Thanksgiving, then you're a jerk to Native Americans. And I put in a TikTok video of uh, just saying, hey, you want to celebrate Thanksgiving or don't you that you are not obligated to support any of these holidays because really they are just glorified reasons to eat, to spend a lot of money or to party. So if you don't feel comfortable celebrating a holiday based on certain circumstances or also historical context, then really that should be fine. Thanksgiving is not really a big deal to society, especially that it gets overthrown by Black Friday the day after or even before. Some uh, do Black Friday on Mondays through the whole week. But I put that video and the reason I even bring this up, I put that video and then my brother came in earlier today and was like, so chase do, do i get this right you you hate holidays now and you hate spending time with family i'm like holy crud okay you did not get anything i said i made it clear that i'm speaking about you you should support a holiday if you want to and i think that is true that is fair nobody is obligated to be doing thanksgiving christmas halloween or fourth of july really it, I, I just don't get it. It's like, okay, if you don't support this holiday, then you're against family time. I'm like, no, you, why, why do we depend on Thanksgiving for family time when you could have it on another day? I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm your host. <laughs> People get wrapped up in their emotions and their traditions and anyone who questions anything or criticizes anything that they hold dear, get up in arms. That's just how what it is. Yeah, I'm your host Chase Pond. Uh, not non-controversial days because we're just talking about movies and enough of the that stuff. That was just something that happened to me today, uh, right before recording this. I had to deal with that. Uh, but you know, uh, and uh, Justin, Justin, Cody, they here do uh, come in and talk about movies. Just a laid back time as always. And leading up to Christmas, every almost every week, it's like there's got to be a film about the holidays, of course. And especially this week, we got two films, actually. One is the sequel to a film that was a big hit on Netflix, and that is The Christmas Chronicles. They got Christmas Chronicles Part 2, The Return of Kurt Russell as Santa Claus and Goldie Hawn, those two. And th- this time is uh, really tense, though. Because now they're going to they're going to the North Pole. They're trying to save the North Pole. Uh, second, or at least you know whichever order, uh, the other holiday film is actually a documentary about a Christmas play. Now, last week at the end of this, we were both looking at these other two movies. Like, okay, wait, what? Because by the names of them, like this is called Hot Chocolate, uh, the Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. And what it is, it is a play of the Nutcracker uh, performed and operated by people of color, which I think that is great. It's just the name Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. That that did throw me off at first. <laughs> but 
you know, maybe the film. Well, it all makes sense. The other one was a, a movie called Black Beauty, which again, I thought it was like, oh, it's a inspiring story about loving your skin color. And no, it's about... <laughs> I, I thought that that was what we thought of because when we talked about Black Beauty, we were talking about, oh, okay, so it's about uh, diversity and uh, no, it's about a talking horse. Well, actually a horse as narrated by a person. I did not expect the turn for this uh, Disney Plus film that we'll be able to talk about, but that is on the menu today. Now, this being post- Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Do you either of you participate in these special deal sales? Because this is the moment to get those uh, half price. No, nobody wants no. it. No, okay. Well, okay, you, almost, don't. you can do online sales too. Let, let's be honest. There, there's multiple ways to participate in these sale deals that go on. I mean, Cyber Monday is another one. But uh, you know, all you have like Christmas plans, like getting that gift for that special someone. You're like, no, our girlfriends are going to accept us. That is their, their gift. They're, they're going to gift the, the shirtless pictures of us. That is what we're going to give them. <laughs> no? She just had a birthday and got a gift for me. So. Okay, so well, you're not I, celebrating I Christmas. go easier for Christmas. No, no. Uh, what about you? Gonna get yeah. No, um... I haven't purchased, we've purchased a few presents already, but we're not done with our Christmas shopping and we don't get paid till Tuesday and I don't get paid till next Friday, the 4th, so. Okay, so you'll miss these special, well, maybe you won't, like, that's the thing is, depending on what story you're talking about, of course, some of these, like, like the whole thing about Black Friday is, okay, on Friday, and specifically Midnight Friday, that's when you get these half price off deals, but a lot of these stores online, even they, they basically do Black Friday on Monday and they extend some of these for another week. Like Cyber I, Monday might last till Wednesday, depending on what store you're looking at, of course. Well, some stores started early and I think some stores are going to honor their deals a little bit longer because of COVID yeah. this year. So by, by the time your next paycheck, you might still get that deal of whatever it is that you're looking for. I mean, this is not even the only one. There's going to be those holiday uh, deal, like winter sales, everything. Regardless of what you're into, there is a sale for something, at least if not now, then later. Uh, so, you know, we have time till Christmas. To be honest, I don't, I, I just like, hey, you want the kids, the little kids, they're the ones who value opening presents more than I do. I'm just like, hey, give me an Amazon gift card. And I'll just find whatever I want on uh, online. Uh, so really, I'm just thinking about, okay, what does the niece, the nephew, and the pup want? Because we have a pup who loves opening presents. I'm... Well, don't forget about Boots, your cat. Boots? Isn't that her name? No, it's Hoops. Hoops, I'm hoops, sorry. Not hoops, Boots. Boots well, don't forget the, about the monkey hoops, from Dora the Explorer. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We would, that's the thing is, we would give hoops presents every year, and most of them would be, they would all be treats. And who, every treat we try to give her, she would always throw it up. <laughs> so it's like, she seems to be happy with her toy and uh, the food that she's been given. Now, Ruby, Ruby's more spoiled. Like, she wants all the toys. 
So you give, she has like eight toys already and she can't decide which one she wants. Uh, so I, I bet there's probably, and she loves opening presents. Like for my mom's birthday, she she just jumped into a bag and just ripped it open for my mom. So I think she I think she's gonna end up being Santa. Like she, she's gonna carry the presents with her teeth and then just rip open the. I don't even think she's gonna care what's in the presents. She just wants to rip open things. So that will be something exciting. Hopefully she doesn't eat the the, the present wrappers or whatever. But that's a, a whole month away. Exactly. Four weeks until Christmas. So why don't we celebrate that early? Because Kurt Russell says so. Well, then we better do it. Yeah, we do. Now, I, I will probably be out of the minority that I liked Kurt Russell more when he got older. Like, I love him in... Uh, what was it? Uh, the movie with Matt Damon in it as well. It's kind of a, uh, oh, route, not Route Zero. Seven feet, not seven feet down. It was based on a true story about like a reactor oh, that blew up. That's Mark Wahlberg. No, Mark Wahlberg. Sorry. Not Matt. I get those that's two. That's threw me off. Two. I was Matt like, Damon, what movie's Kurt Russell in with Matt Damon? Um, Wait, no, is it Matt Damon or Mark? No, it was Mark. No, it was Mark Wahlberg. I remember now. Mark, yeah, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. I can't think of the title though. I, of it Gosh, I really enjoyed that movie, and I forgot the name yeah. of it. Yeah, it's really a decent good. movie. It's not bad. Well, what are the case? What are the cases? He was really great in that. He was playing the captain of uh, the whole operation. And I and in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I didn't think was as good as the first one, but I liked him in that. He was great. I think he just, as he got older, he gained more charisma. Because when I look at the old movie season that people love him, absolutely love him in. Like, I'll say uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I was not a fan of that movie. I Wash your mouth, sir. Well, so, you know, that's the thing. It's around... Around the 80s, like people look back at Temple of Doom and say, yeah, that movie was kind of racist. I'm like, well, yeah, Temple of Doom, its portrayal of uh, Indians, probably not the best. But Big Trouble Little China, I I don't think that was great to Asians either. Uh, I mean, a drunk white dude teaching a bunch of Asians how to do karate. and that he's was not a, teaching them how to do karate. No, he's telling them. He's like, no, I know how to do well, this. That's because his character's an absolute idiot, and he thinks he's the hero of the movie, but he's actually the sidekick. But yeah, the movie's definitely got problems. It, yeah, I, I, I was like, I, I watched it with like recent eyes, and I, and again, I, I don't have that age nostalgia in me. I, I haven't. I guess I'm not saying it's a terrible film. I, I just didn't fall in love. I didn't absolutely love it. Like, I just thought it was a, eh. Now, well, like, Escape from New York, I like that more, but I was still not crazy about it. So I really enjoyed Kurt Russell when he got older because it, it felt like, I don't, I thought he was a great actor, but I feel like the scripts that he was given at a younger age, they just weren't as, uh, they weren't as uh, uh, tight as later in life and with this christmas chronicles it's sort of trying to work both ways where it's given old fan old or like old school kurt russell fans that uh wacky kurt russell 
And then it's also given that why is Kurt Russell that he's been given uh, more recent films. And with the first one that came out two years ago, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was a great movie, but it kind of reminded me some of those corny, goofy 80s films that I would watch on BOD. And it was perfectly fine. I mean, it was all about Kurt Russell just uh, embracing himself as the coolest Santa as the the movie likes to put him at because he knows everything he's like the smartest person and he's he's the he because he can he has so much magic in him he could just pull anything out of his butt uh but it was also about teaching these kids to get along and uh the, the whole thing about later where it even goes into this film you have the death i mean you have the death of the dad with the where this sequel goes i was already not with it as it began because uh what's that girl's name again or who he's who she's played by i have no idea okay well i'll i'll just say this lady oh hold on no actually i have it right here we are talking about the young girl yeah kate pierce played by uh darby camp i i found her a total brat and i i just I did not reason with her. So what what the whole plot is with the sequel from the get-go, you have the family going off to Miami. They're they're on a tropical Cancun. Get- or Cancun, what whatever. Uh they're on a tropical getaway. Uh lots of coconuts, lots of babes and and like everybody's getting laid, but she's not wanting uh <laughs> Not in Christmas Chronicles 2. That's not happening. <laughs> no, that's the that's, that's a R-rated, different movie. That's the I don't cut, remember but, any of that going on. That, that's the R-rated <laughs> cut of Christmas Chronicles 2 for, <laughs> for adults. Yeah, you know, it's it's the the family friendly version of a tropical. I guess the list you're talking about because you know the mom's got a new boyfriend. Oh and well, the, yeah, the yeah, older but, brothers running off with this mysterious person to go scuba diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the so the mom is like, you know, I, I, I know I, m- I miss dad too, but man, I that that guy, he's he, he's he's a hunk. So I, I want I want him now. Hi. And honestly, I I get it. You know, losing a family member is not a uh, great. And we kind of had this. There, it's almost the exact same situation with another movie we saw earlier. Uh, I think last month. The over the moon movie, yeah. Except this one, Kate was a little more obnoxious, and I, I, uh, it's just because the writing I don't think was that good. I did not really connect with Katie's problems of not accepting a new dad or a new brother a stepbrother and some people are gonna look at this as racism because he's like man i i'm why why are you ditching the my, our, our old dad for a black guy C- come on so th- this conservatives will probably relate to this movie uh from the, uh, from, the from the start of it you, you know i i mean it, it could be heartfelt for them I, so well they love kurt or, russell too because he's conservative oh crud i did not know that <laughs> Oh wow, the tables have turned here. Well, well, okay. Jeez. All right. Well, that 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 was a that was a twist. 
uh you know more of a twist than in this film i, I let, let me let me say this let, let's give to the things i i did like so i mean continue on the story you know they, they don't she katie doesn't get along and she wants to run away that that's what she feels like will solve her problems and she gets tied up with a disgruntled employee of the north pole who wants to get revenge on on Santa for neglecting him and all that and all that? It, it, it's a very generic villain, uh, voiced by an Australian guy. It's he the throws... kid from Deadpool two and Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, which is why he's generic as heck because he plays the same exact type of character in both of those films. Like, really, there's not even any plot twist to be had with this guy because you look at him, you're like, okay, I I know what he's about, and there's no punches as pulls but he throws them into the portal and eventually the, the uh santa saves them from being uh, almost frozen to death and they get into the north pole the difference between this and the the original one is where the original one takes as santa going into the real world you have the kids for most of the movie going into this fantastical world of the north of uh the santa city and i think there are some cool things to be had about that. Just the imagination of what does Santa's workshop look like? Because a lot of child children have always have those fantasies of what where does Santa go when uh, he's done delivering presents? I think that's a cool thing to explore and just building on this sort of the self. I wouldn't say ego boosting, but just someone who really thinks highly of like how he's he's just really great at all these things like he can they can make desserts that's good for you uh he apparently can code a lot of video games uh he can apparently do all these other things like he even talks about how fast his delivery services compared to everything else it's like if you take amazon uh fedex ups and all that combined they might be almost just a fraction just a tiny bit almost as fast as what we can do in just a couple days i'm like okay santa i get it i get it you're awesome all right get okay stop stroking your dick uh (laughs) no no i i i get it you know and i think kids are going to enjoy this no matter what because it does move pretty fast it's just an hour and a half and it gives them all of the kid movie generic kid movie uh isms that they have i mean a lot of the jokes i I don't think are very funny most of the time there there's a handful of jokes i got a chuckle out of but most of the time it's very much aimed towards little kids and the the fantastical elements i think it sort of takes a step back for me and the reason why busy because in the first film i thought more of the humor worked just because of it's how santa is somewhat playing a fish out of water even though he's not really but he's a different otherworldly character interacting with the real world in ways that are unique that are kind of falling in tradition of christmas whereas this this is just a, a typical fancy kids movie i mean there are so many so many christmas films talking about the north pole and it's great to see their own version of it but it's still going along the traditions of some of these other christmas films 
I mean, you know, the, the spirit of Christmas being threatened by something or someone. They have this whole thing about the star that, that powers everything. If the star is destroyed, then, you know, Christmas isn't powered. And because that it loses the whole thing that distinguishes itself from so many other Christmas films, I found this much less memorable and much less, much less exciting. Even though there are some scenes that I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I wasn't bored per se because of how fast it went, but I wasn't digging into any of the character relationships going on. And I could predict everything from a mile away. And I wouldn't say that's always a bad thing, but just the fact that this, by humor and by dialogue, this does things that a thousand other movies have done much better. It kind of just feels like a junk food kids film. And where it goes in the end, I was like, okay, even though it concludes where it is, I feel like they're still going to somehow find a part three. And they're going to make it up and it's going to go exactly how I think. I mean, maybe it might be Lost Twin Brother. Maybe they might do an adaptation of, what was that? Oh, Elf Bowling. Actually, I would love that. If Christmas Chronicles 3 was basically its own version of elf bowling oh my gosh i would be like okay i'm i'm in i'm in even though the, the elf bowling did have a uh blackface character so maybe they could change that but otherwise i'd be like you know what no actually never mind elf bowl is kind of a racist film never never mind because I, I i had to think about it. i was like okay well they had the voice of spongebob voice of black guy and uh they had the villain talk about slavery makes the world go around. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe we don't need part three to be elbowing, but a, a plot. A, <laughs> I was I'm like, you guys probably never heard of this film. And <laughs> it, it's a, it, it's a, a direct video film that was based off of a flash game called elf bowling. It, it was, it's, it's so bad, but uh, anyway. Before uh, 20 direct to video movies, not real movies. No, no, no. Well, it had, it had the voice of SpongeBob. He's a real guy, so I mean, there's there's that, and it had musical numbers. Uh oh, no, no. But having a plot where you do have Santa face off against an evil brother, in a way where it's like, okay, let's have someone else's perspective on Christmas, like like why they don't celebrate it. Instead, we kind of just get the same notion. And even repeating the same stuff of the first movie, speaking of musical numbers, eventually they get to one that I think is actually not as good as the first movie's musical number. And they even get into some product placement. You know, they have to, to power the, the this uh, time warp. They got to find some Duracell batteries. So, I mean, that that's an ad for that. I get it. But yeah, it just feels like second time around, it's uh, it's just there. And I watch it, I'm probably going to forget it in a few weeks. But I, I think for kids, kids will love it. it it's got everything a, a little kid would just eat up and love. And I think the reason why this being number one, I just think there's just a lot of kids stuck at home and parents going like, okay, we got to get them something. Here, Christmas Chronicles, watch kurt russell do a dance or something and yeah i mean my niece and my nephew they'll probably enjoy it it's just yeah i uh i was kind of just 
it, it was a movie I'm watching that I was partially paying attention to. Yeah. What about you guys? Well, let the record state, despite his personal politics, I love Kurt Russell, young, old, in between. I He's not a great actor, but he's probably one of our most charismatic actors to ever be on screen. And when it's him and Goldie Hawn, the film isn't good. I do enjoy the first one better, even though I didn't love that movie either. But Kurt Russell's having an absolute blast playing Santa Claus. Of course. And I'm glad that they gave Goldie Hawn a part. I know they teased her at the end of the first one, but their chemistry is good. I mean, they are a real life couple, so that makes sense that they have chemistry. But I like that they're equals in the story. Like, it's not yeah. just, oh, it's all Santa Claus. And she's, they're not your typical portrayals of either version of these characters. Yeah. And this movie is absolutely friggin' bonkers when, when it wants to be. Like, yeah. there's a sequence of the elves going crazy to who let the dogs out. And yeah, that Russell... one I, I was like, come on. Like, like, that's one of those moments, obviously, aimed at kid, little kids. I just, right. Like, My eyes were yeah. rolling too, but I'm like, really? And then, but Kurt Russell battling a CGI Yule cat is kind of fun and kind of ridiculous. But really, where this movie is kind of just numbingly boring is all the family stuff in Cancun like all the actors are just reading their lines there's like nothing and it's a paint by numbers part of the movie when we're in that part of the film and the craziness is not so bad it's enjoyable it's just kind of it is what it is I think like what you said Chase kids are gonna like it but it's not a terrible movie and I almost thought for a second, since this one was directed by uh, Chris Columbus, in a certain point in the film, I thought they were going to throw a Home Alone reference in the film, but yeah. they didn't. But uh, as a Christmas movie and something for the family to watch, it's fine. Uh, I think uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn and just the audacity this movie goes, I'm going to give it a high decent. Yeah, I, I think like it goes there are parts where it goes bonkers in a way that I, I re really thought was interesting. Like the whole time traveling part and uh, just the, I think probably the, the part that made me really, I mean, it was all pretty much the elves when the elves went crazy. I mean, they, they're pretty much minions and yeah. the CGI doesn't, look too great but no, i know i don't like the cgi of the elves yeah. at all yeah but like when they were acting like little uh tears and some of the stuff they were uh or um, doing besides the whole dance number of who let the dogs out like the the fact that they went destructive like there is a villager that pulls out a chainsaw and tries to go right. after another <laughs> i was like oh crud uh <laughs> So that that part I did like, uh, but then there's other things like a a almost like a, a pod racer type moment between two slaves, and, and that one I didn't think was that great, and it's just because the CGI. If if you were to compare it to what it feels like, it's inspired by the the CGI in it, like like those hound dog hybrids. They, they did not look good to me. There was one scene I thought 
you know, if you did more of this, it could have made the film special. I won't give that part away. I think that might be spoilery, but it is at a part where they travel in time. There is a certain character Kate runs into, and I did like that. Yeah, that was touching. And let's not forget there are explosive gingerbread cookies. Oh, yes. Yes, those exploding gingerbreads. Uh, that I I was like okay that I there was some stuff I did like about that but as a whole like yeah I'm I feel like I'm way too old for like I I feel like if I'm I uh, would be like going into a kid's party and I don't have like I'm not supervising anyone I'm just uh, sort of intruding and the, the uh, parents that could call the cops on me like I. <laughs> I feel like I'm way too old to be around here. Uh, so, yeah, that's just kind of my feeling about it. Now, just, Justin's thinking like, uh, yeah, you fools. You don't know the extent of this movie. I haven't seen the first one. Okay. And it's because of how bad I knew it was going to be. This movie is bad, 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 bad. I, I love Kurt Russell. I actually do think he's a good actor. Um, you know, he's great character work. Uh, I think everything he's in, he's pretty darn good. This, I can see that he was just doing this for fun. He was doing this for his kids. He's doing it yeah. for a paycheck. He's doing it to have fun, not to worry about, you know, an Academy Award. You know, he, had, I'm sure he signed a deal with, with Netflix. There is going to be a third one, of course. I don't know. In the first one, are the elves the same way? Are there elves? I think they are. I barely remember. I don't remember. Elves. Yeah. But. Okay. It, he it, was mostly in the, the real world. That's that's the yeah thing. yeah. It's one of the worst of uh, visions of elves that I've ever seen. Like it's yeah, uh, it is so so bad. And and I like the kid Dennison, who uh, the actor who plays the uh, the bad elf. I love I love him. I think he's I think he's going to be a really good actor once he comes into his own. But yeah, this was bad. You can tell he was reading his lines. Same thing with Tyrese at the beginning. I mean, you guys just. You can literally get anybody, literally anybody. Why did you choose Tyrese? I mean, he is. Well, he was in Fast and Furious. We gotta have that. uh, Yeah, you gotta be like, oh, I know that guy. But he's like, he actually is fun in those movies, and and is actually trying. Yeah, and picking a fight with the rock every time. Yeah, that's cool. That's fun. But I hate when he's just, you know, when you just pick a movie just to get a paycheck. He's making a lot of money off of those yeah. fast and furious movies he doesn't need to be in this the dance number i almost turned it off i almost oh, really? off. I, I love musicals i'm a big musical fan over here that was so much crap like i i wanted to turn it off and then chris columbus is directing this you, i i know this is supposed to be for kids just go watch home alone just go watch home alone too that is you'll get so much more of a better movie in the first 10 minutes than you do in the entire it's not close to an hour and a half it's closer to two hours and that's what really made me even more upset was that even after an hour and a half went by there's still 22 minutes more that i have to go through this it's really bad i say avoid as much as possible there's a reason why i didn't want to watch the first one and it's because i knew it was going to be crap and this is crap avoid 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 the first one's actually not terrible it's not it's not good but it's not terrible this is really really bad i mean if i'll be honest like you just 
skip both of these movies for Jingle Jangle. Like you mentioned the musical number. I'm like, yeah, the, that that, that yeah. musical number wasn't good. I, I I didn't think it was that like turn off your TV worthy, but I was looking at that like, yeah, this does not yeah, have it's purely for Kurt Russell's vanity there. Cause yeah. there's no reason for that scene. No, that, that was out of nowhere. It, and even the first one, it was out of nowhere, but it was still it was still in the line of that theme of a goofy uh, 80s uh, kids movie but th- this one it was like okay we did that in the first so we're doing it again and like the lyrics and and everybody just go doing backflips for no reason i'm like okay we don't need that one there was one thing is the production yeah. design was pretty good <laughs> no the production yeah the production design they, really netflix has the money Netflix yeah. has them. Yeah, they love throwing that money around. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, now let's uh, actually let's wrap up the Netflix stuff and end it with Disney Plus. So the other Christmas movie, uh, by the name of it, yeah, we all were like, okay, this is kind of weird. Though I was like, I, I I thought about this because uh, I I actually I mentioned this when I interviewed. Afro Cocoa Puffs, a very sweet, loving uh, co- or female cosplayer of color. And that was her name, Afro Cocoa Puffs on Instagram. And at which you'd be like, okay, why do you name yourself Afro Cocoa Puffs? And she already mentioned why. But I, I remember there are these Instagram handles. They're called Dark Chocolate or Milk Chocolate Appreciation. And you're thinking, okay, so it's appreciation of dairy products, of chocolate. No, sometimes that's what they do to describe black people with darker skin. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I get it. I get it. It's it's just kind of the analogy of it. Maybe I'm I'm need to warm up to that because I think sometimes I'm thinking something too literally. Like I'm thinking if I open up a uh, a uh, a Hershey's bar, it's going to turn into real people. Uh, so when, when I thought about it being hot chocolate, not cracker, I was like, okay, I, I get what they were, they're were going by this. Cause this is a thing uh, with the modeling industry and even cosplayers. They, some uh, of different skin colors, they name themselves after sweets. So, all right. What this is about is both the play and leading up to the play of the hot chocolate nutcracker, which is pretty much the story of the nutcracker in the style and the cast of mostly uh, black male and female performers. It's something of old. Yeah. Young and old. You have a lot of kids and you have a lot of adults too. Yeah. All done by Debbie Allen. Yeah. So, it's an interesting thing because I have known people who've been to plays and I know there's a lot of things you go through at plays. So you have all those rehearsals, you have the dance sequences and they, they tell you about each of these days of how they are prepping for this moment and also what this play means to them. Cause I think that's another important uh, topic. We think about, okay, a couple of white guys are like, what is this hot chocolate nutcracker? But we actually think about it. It's, the idea of that that means more than what is originally perceived and this is an hour and 20 minutes of course so it's not even that long 
I thought it was just really cool just seeing, knowing this play exists, but also seeing how it is run. And you're seeing all the kids that are aspiring to be uh, stage performers, which in the middle of pandemic, we're just watching this movie and think about what time we're in right now. People in the stage Broadway play industry, they're not doing too great because of course with COVID, that's not, or they're, they're having to, well, what I'm trying to say is they're having to refer to other ways of operating such as table reads or, uh, or pre-recordings. I know someone who's working on a play right now and what he's telling me is that they can't perform. They can't do rehearsals. They can't uh, set up stage shows because of COVID-19. So the thing that they, they're still working on it. The thing, what they're, what's keeping them in operation, at least for now, is that they can still record the musical numbers they've got going on. And at least that part of the play can be finished so that when things are safer, what? She has, she has so many people in this production that, I mean, everyone would have gotten COVID. They're all soaked. They're in a small dance studio with like 300 people. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. You you think about this and you're you're th- thinking for about the people in the Broadway industry. And it's it's an industry that is definitely in trouble right now. And so you're I'm watching those both in sort of joy and also somewhat sadness because you see all these kids wanting to be in the scene and not saying that Broadway is going away. We don't know. We just know that that industry is losing a lot of money, like all, all industries are, but especially that one that for right now, it's much harder for them to uh, sort of recoup the costs. Well, yeah, to, and yeah. Broadway performers, even when things are normal or how they usually operate, they are not getting paid the kind of money that film actors or television actors get paid. So it's already a struggle to begin with doing that as a profession. It's got to be even more devastating with no work. Yeah. And I know there's some sort of GoFundMe's going around for help save the Broadway industry and, and something like that. I, I feel like at this point, we don't know. We have we have uh, heard about a vaccine coming in in the summer of next year. Will Broadway, the Broadway scene recover by then or start to recover by then? I don't know. So that those are the two feelings I'm getting watching this. But for while I have that in mind, I also just feel a lot of joy. Because this is a folklore, not folklore, well, a classic Christmas tale uh, with a diverse cast allowing them to kind of play these roles, which I think is something very special. Even when you see the, even talk about films, the Nutcracker has been adapted into so many movies and we've not seen representation to this level yet. I know Disney had that Nutcracker movie that came out a few years ago. I thought was not good. I didn't see it. Actually, has our lead for Black Beauty. She was the lead in uh, Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Well, well, let's see. Nutcracker in the Four Realms, I'll tell you, I I thought that movie was not good. Uh, It was gorgeous to look at, but it was not a very good, well-run movie. The thing that people were upset with that film, though, the most, was the relationship between 
the main protagonist and the nutcracker because it was this thing this is something in hollywood that's going through right now or at least it's something in it that's been an issue for a while but that's the love relationship between a black man and a white woman and i heard this because it was in another disney film i forgot the name of it but there was a people were upset about that well they were upset that they were actually upset about the rejection where in most stories the uh the princess or not the the princess and the nutcracker they would eventually fall in love Mm -hmm. but in this one that did not happen instead the nutcracker he was just a a bumbling buffoon he was kind of played like an idiot type character that would uh, i think disney's intention they wanted to kind of make sort of a feminist type uh story where like she's the one saving the day but in right, that, they've done that recently with their animated films. Yeah, but but in that in that uh, uh, tense, it kind of plays against itself with the fact that the Nutcracker is a black male, and that's also going into the type of hey, black males shouldn't date white women. Uh, and as I was going with Disney, there was a '90s film, and I forgot the name, but uh, the director had uh, behind the scenes where they said that they intended the main two characters which the main black lead and the main white female lead a black male and white female lead he intended for both of them to kiss at the end of the movie for them to fall in love and disney actually called him up and said we can't have that because that will scare off our uh southern uh audience this was back in the 90s too this is not disney today although Still, that calls into question with the Nutcracker and the four realms of that relationship between those two. And seeing where you have more Black representation and seeing sort of that sort of that uh, culture almost having like like a new twist by it, because they have different musical numbers for this play than traditional nutcracker so it isn't just that they're doing the nutcracker but just with black people they did the nutcracker with a mostly black cast and using sort of uh specific or different songs written by them and i think that was just something really great and honestly this play just seems like a lot of fun to uh watch even though you don't see enough of it when it goes live you just see the behind the scenes of how it went down i would like to see a recording of this play and maybe it's out there maybe it's out there on youtube for all i know there have been people who have been recording plays it's it's entirely possible this might be out there yeah because they do this every year right this is their biggest charity event for the school yeah Yeah, four hundred fifty thousand dollars annually that's great yeah, so it's a it's a nice twist of uh, the Nutcracker that comes with a great cause. And seeing all these performers and, and what they inspi- aspire to of between dancing, between singing, and the costume design, all the other things that go into this play, uh, I just really found this interesting. Even though that it was a play also... And not a play. It was a documentary that also kind of felt like some other documentaries regarding how this happened or just a little bit about this story. It wasn't doing anything 
I haven't seen in documentaries before. And because of that, it probably wasn't as special as probably some other ones talking about some of these uh, subjects uh, that are also available on Netflix too. I mean, Netflix has their own, I forgot the name of it, but there is this series of mini documentaries about certain black figures in history and either in recent or in uh gosh i forgot the name of it they had one story recently about the death of a uh of a uh a hip-hop artist and between uh his justice of who really killed him and trying to get to the bottom of everything man I, if i only can bring the name because i did reviews on a couple of those documentary mini documentaries and they were really good they were like under an hour long each of them if i like can remember it but where the cases you got all these all these documentaries out there already talking about different cultures and how they could even influence and make something special about some traditional stories so that is why i, I as much as as interesting as this documentary is and does make me want to see this play in action or a a recording of it i wasn't blown away by it so i mean i give it a regular good because it's definitely something worthy of a watch you guys if you have anything different to say i don't have anything really Um, different to go ahead justin no that's okay Uh, um I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I love Debbie Allen. I love her fierceness. Um, I love yeah. that she's, you know, she's really there for the kids. I loved all the kids. I loved every single one of them. I love the kids are adorable. Drive, yeah. Passion. Um, you know, I, I mean, you can tell that they work hard and they want this. I love when you hear stuff like, I didn't even know there was any other nutcracker besides the hot top of nutcracker. You know, that's what her world is, um, which is great that's good that means be you know just a plain white version of it you know she knows uh, there's more variations of it out there um yeah. i do want to see this live uh, i don't think the performance you know is like broadway worthy like the, you know these kids and, and being taught that it's not meant for broadway obviously but it's not good enough to be on there either you know um but it's still a really good production. It does, it feels like, yeah, like a high school production of it. Um, well, yeah. But it's, it's still really well done. I love, you know, the teachers are great. Um, this this, mo- this movie is from the Shondaland. So, you know, Shonda Rhimes, I believe, is the creator uh, behind, you know, Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and all that. Well, this director is the cinematographer director for her shows. So, I thought that was interesting that she chose him to be a part of this. Um, but yeah, it's a very sweet movie. Uh, I, it's, you know, spoiler alert, is my favorite of the three. Uh, and um, I really, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I would I would watch, you know, Zone only an hour and 20. I'd watch another like 30 more minutes on that. Just just to see how it, how it all, you know, behind the scenes of it all is really fascinating to me. Um, yeah, it was, I'd give it a, I'd give it a, Oh, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it being a school play, I, I'm not looking for it to have the production of a Broadway. I mean, to me, looking at this, it reminds me a, a little bit. There's a Star Wars musical Broadway play that was a high school play. I think you can find it either on Netflix or Disney Plus. But there are kids who did a musical based on the original trilogy. Cool. And yeah, I think it's 
probably what you're going to get out of it is more adorable as heck uh, than, uh, oh, this is like Hamilton or anything. It, I, I'm not looking for it to be on that. I'm just thinking that a different approach to the, the Nutcracker story is very much welcome. And they, they do work just as hard as those people yeah. on Broadway. It's, it's just, yeah. you know, I mean, they tell you in this, it's just different. You're meant for it or you're not. You're just, you know, you're you were born with it or you weren't, you know. Yeah. You either have it in you or you don't. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, Cody. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm in agreement, Justin. This is the best movie of the three that we watched. Um, you know, I had no idea what this was based off the title. I'm like, oh, Lord, what are we gonna yeah. about to watch? But yeah, this is a very sweet, very touching story. Um, it I didn't know that Debbie Allen had this school or did this show. I think it's very great and important that there is representation for not just people of color, but people of income too, because she allows students to go to her school that probably normally their families wouldn't have the means to go. I think they said something like almost... 90% of their students are um, on there on scholarships. And I also love that she started this school kind of because some dance instructor told her daughter that she was never going to be a dancer. Yeah, so that's was- kind of great too. But I also love that this show incorporates dances and costumes from all over the world so that they have inclusions of almost every culture that kind of gets underrepresented especially in a story like the nutcracker that we have seen thousands of times every year and it's you know so i'm glad that there's like a different take on it and something for people who might not feel like they belong or feel like they're represented in that story there's something here for them and that there's really an encouragement and passion for these people's talents and i also love that so many of the instructors at this school used to be students and then they just become incorporated with the program yeah i think if you're a theater person or a dancer this is an absolute must watch i think you'll enjoy it yeah it's a solidly good sweet touching documentary yeah it's a good movie yeah, yeah the the things about them doing other uh, parts of the world and, and putting that into the production was super awesome you can tell all the kids love learning the yeah. new ways of you know, uh, whether it's ballet, whether it's Bollywood dancing, hip hop, whatever. Um, but then also, yeah, I think that somebody said something in the documentary where it's you pay what you can to yeah. go to that that uh, school, and that was really sweet. Like she really just wants people in there and teaching them, you know, to dance. So it's really sweet. Yeah. So now we go from uh, sweet to depressing. Because something I that was a huge twist with this movie, Black Beauty after finding out what it's actually about holy crud i did not think like like if you're someone who is suffering like in critical point of depression this movie might actually make you feel the need to kill yourself because it is that dark i'm i'm not kidding this is the darkest thing i've seen on or one of the darkest things i've seen on disney plus like this is about a horse named beauty he played or voiced by kate wislin doing the narration and it's it's about this horse that starts off from being out in the wild to uh, at least having one or being owned by this uh girl named uh oh shoot what was her name not kate uh shoot that's St- stella okay okay what are the cases 
they have this cute bond together, but unfortunately the farm is out of business or going out of business. Joe is her name. No, it's Joe. A... That's why. Why do I keep getting these names? Because I thought she he, he, she kept saying Joe, but for some reason I thought it was something else. Anyway, uh, I guess they're like a ranch. They're like a rescue ranch. Yeah, rescue ranch. He, he um he purchases horses that are wild or have been neglected and yeah. kind of trains them to be able to be someone's pet. Yeah. And they they find this horse where Joe immediately falls in love with, and they have this cute bond together. But then throughout the film, like Beauty gets passed around to other owners who abuses the crud out of her, and she the narration even describes as we go on of how beaten, how worn down she feels, how she just feels sadness, and all these other horses she's hung out with, they've been traded off and disappeared and as it goes on oh my gosh it gets depressing more and more like it makes okay it makes Zack Snyder go okay hold hold on hold on I I know I make my movies deep and and mysterious and dark but come on that's a little too much I don't know if I'd ever accuse a Zack Snyder movie of being deep no, no, that's the that's the DC fans. But I, I'm I'm saying is that that Zack Snyder will look at this like, oh, geez, this is dark. I like th- this this horse. She, I didn't, I didn't care. Like I was surprised, like a Disney movie like th- this to go on this level of in a depressing tone. Like this is not a happy movie at all. As it goes, even by the end it gets happier but you're still kind of like all the all that that she went through like you, you just want to hug a horse or you just want to hug any animal because you feel like you don't you have no idea if they have anxiety issues i was like i i don't even know what to what to say i i, I just kind of watch this like gosh holy crud disney i mean i know you can make in in a in an emotional film you can make People cry and you, you can do it re- very well, but to have a film that's not even happy, <laughs> I, was, I was like, wow, I, I, I'll give them props for that. <laughs> although, although I will, I'll say this, it does feel like this is a much darker version of something like Spirit. Because when you think about Spirit, Spirit's an animated film about a horse that is, you see the dialogue mostly by narration of the horse kind of feeling about what he's going through except spirit at least has some charm there there are some jokes there are some smiles this is like whatever you put you you gave spirit some uh manic depression pills or something to that that you you think that would help and it would actually make things worse i'm like holy crud through throughout the whole time of this horse's life she has not had a slew of happiness unless if it was unless it's with joe and there are certain times where she is with a owner that is treating her right but she still feels sad because joe is gone uh, now it does go through some i'm not gonna say like i i, I really 100 percent believe the serious serious level of this film because it does go to some corny levels too i mean the fact that the, the this joe I get why Joe is all bent on trying to 
purchase this horse and save this horse because of the connection they had in the beginning parts of the film. But it does go through some some cheesy movie Hollywood level. I mean, if you look at if you were to look at her situation realistically, I I would think yeah she would feel sad, but she wouldn't have to move on. Like even when she can't, it would just be like okay, you're never gonna find this horse again. But just you know, by movie sense, they try to make they try to make. And I get why they try to make it happy because you're going through almost two hours of this just going like god dang it I, I i'm not sure you two felt the same way i'm guessing yeah, no <laughs> what what'd you think about it uh you know this was the one i was avoiding the most because when i found out it was gonna have kate winslet voicing the horse i, I hate when they do that in movies i hate when Yo, they I, I take live it. action animals and voice actors with it and this is based off a book, so I don't know. I guess the book probably does go from the horse's perspective because it's about Black Beauty. But I didn't hate this movie. It it does get really dark and depressing for a Disney film. Like, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty harsh. But it's yeah, and like, it, you see where the owner like when she switches through different owners, the conclusion for each of these owners is always depressing. They either, they either die or they they get real old and weak and you're like right oh, I, uh, I, I yeah being 60 years old is gonna feel scary <laughs> uh, but and it there are definitely some corny cheesy predictable yeah. i mean but it's not bad no <laughs> it's, per- it's a perfectly fine movie I think it would be better without the narration, though. No disrespect to Kate Winslet, but I I think this movie would be better if they just showed the movie as it is without the horse's narration. You know what? That is interesting because I I thought about other movies that had that and recently. Those are what's th- those dog films? Uh, dog right, Way the Home Josh Gad dog movies. Yeah, those uh, dog movies by Sony Pictures where each of the dogs, they would have uh, narration. And yeah, those films are cheesy as heck. But yet, at the same time, they were still able to make me tear up. Like I remember, I think it was The Dog's Way Home. I actually cried in that movie. It was over a fake looking cougar too. But the the way it was even brought up and, and the conclusion of it, I was like, holy crud, I was really attached to this. And I feel like, yeah, you could remove the narration. Could that be better? That could make definitely make some of the scenes a whole lot better. But there are parts where that narration did work into some of the heartfelt moments. I think what probably would have worked, because I mentioned Spirit. Spirit being, again, an animated film about a horse that is his dialogue is through narration even though it's animated it's not live action it's still a horse that doesn't speak but you yeah, that movie has matt damon in it yeah matt damon being the narrator i think this is as far as the the delivery of the narration i think this is better than the the dog's way home uh movies. Well, that's because uh, kate winslet it's a great actress well not only that but they're they're not like the problem with those movies is they also try to focus on or making jokes about like mm-hmm. things that dogs do 
And I think that that's another out. thing I appreciated about this movie. There wasn't really any of those, um, I guess you call them humor moments for kids. Like yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't any lowbrow humor in this movie. No, I mean, there's humor in here, but jokes like talk about hooves and everything. Yeah. And that's why I was like, okay, I don't, I, I think the narration is fine. The thing is what I think is a little too corny for its own good. It, a lot of it is towards the beginning with the first owner that goes that that british girl she's just this evil brat and i was like okay i think she's a little over the top and the and the fact that she she abused the the she abused beauty and even and their their solution to it is like oh it's it's just her she's just uh uh rough and she's just a jerk i'm like but you're her sister you're not gonna discipline her for this you're just like okay she's a rich girl so what do you do that's what she's gonna act like uh I, yeah there were like some the, the the rich person the rich selfish brat stereotype I, i'm kind of over that but as it went on that's when i got even more invested when they she had to leave joe and go to these other owners that's when the cheesiness slowed down and it got real with itself yeah Uh, like the whole her being a rescue horse and then working on the carriage yeah there's some there's some good moments and touching moments in this movie Uh, i don't think it all completely comes together but yeah. It was definitely better than what I was expecting to watch. So I don't know. Maybe I was manipulated or got roped in, but I'm going to give this a low good. Yeah, I'd give this a regular good because I think this is kind of daring for Disney. A, a, a studio that's all about trying to make people happy. I'm not saying that mo- movies should be depressing. They should be. I, again, I'm against that whole thing of a movie's storytelling is only good, is best when it's dark. If it's dark, then it's good. No, that's not, that is definitely not the truth. But why it works here is because that dark tone is being used to illustrate what horses actually go through. Because we always think, yeah, animals, they do have feelings, but they're, they don't feel as much. I'm not saying that's what everybody thinks, but uh, like, for example, there's some people who are like, oh yeah, cats are dumb. You can slap them and they could still be happy. Uh, not, Not exactly the case and horses they tend to go through quite a bit of crud and the fact that most of their existence with humans is just them having to be right uh, ridden on I, I get horses are harder to have as pets than like dogs and cats you would have to have a ranch and plenty of space for them to move around but yeah you do think about those other animals that get the uh the later end and it's it's in thinking about what they would prefer what they would love like you also think about saving an animal from a pound and you see that baby dog or cat play with all these other animals and you would think okay what if i just left that person that dog there i don't know what the owner would do because i don't know what happens if nobody takes up the these dogs or cats what does the what does the person who owns these sort of pounds or shelters do to them later? I I don't know, but uh, you do you do definitely feel for beauty, and I think the narration more helps more than it hurts, and that's because uh, she is working with 
the storytelling of this. The fact that it is almost two hours long, maybe it would have worked without the narration, but I I don't I'm and I, I get it. The 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 whole thing about like not make not making us feel stupid. Like we should not be told what the characters are feeling. But I, I get for that length and if this is how the book runs where it is from the horse's perspective i think it's done well it definitely could have been done worse Uh, it's just a pet peeve for me because i feel like most of the movie i could feel what was going on and what's happening without it well i guess i i get that but there are some specific things the narrator talks about that i don't feel like you could just put that in through visuals because it isn't just about her missing Joe and and her how she feels about going through all this, but there are some other because th- like the the narrator does a great job at just even how how this horse thinks. I'd say the best scene yeah. of it for me is the scene where she meets one of the horses she used to live on the ranch with when they're both like um, I don't know carriage. Yeah people in that scene in the park in new york yeah and talking about i'm only seeing you in last time and that was that was a <laughs> i know there's so many modes i was like gosh darn it uh so yeah I, I would only not recommend it again if you're super depressed i think this unintentionally this movie might make the i'm not saying movies make the influence but all i'm saying is if you're in a very depressed mood this will only make you even more depressed but outside of that i think this is a very touching film and something to uh, you know something that make a disney plus seem more you know whenever you get films or shows that are like this that are working i would think yeah i think if you're a pet person you're gonna like this movie too yeah so i i give it i give it a hike in I, i think it's it works more than it doesn't uh justin and agree with you guys. This this movie came out in 1994. I don't know if you guys knew that. Well, I and, knew there uh, was another version, but I've never seen it. Yeah, Alan Cumming actually is the narrator of the of the horse, and it was one of the big things in this one that I disliked was the narration. I thought Kate Winslet was so blah. Like the only time that she actually had any sort of like personality was when she saw you know her friend again. Um, she's so monotone and will just put you to sleep and that may have been the tone that they were going for but you need somebody's voice to compel you to to drive you through the entire movie and and her voice didn't work and actually Mackenzie Foy was not good in this um I actually thought she was a lot more a lot fun and a better actor in Nutcracker in the four rounds Jesus no 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 seriously Maybe she, this is supposed to be what she was supposed to be going for, but like just lack any sort of charisma or personality, just very, just dull. And, and then you have the guy from Game of Thrones. Again, you know, he's a good actor. And in here, he's just so wasted and dull and bland. Uh, and I just, that's what I felt about this movie. It was just very dull, very bland. Um, you know, it is sweet. It does have some sweet work to it, but I got that in the first one when I saw it in 1994 as a kid. So maybe kids will uh, enjoy it now, you know, who are nine years old, 10 years old. Um, but uh, yeah, this was, uh, 
I mean, it was better than Chronicles too because you can't get much worse than that. But uh, it was it was just very flat. Like the movie Clouds, you know, that's that's a Disney movie that with heart. That, like no, no, all right, stop. So, no. I love that more than this. Like that one at least got a tear out of me. This, no, this that guy. one that one pissed me off. No. <laughs> I was like, how, how dare you make this guy look stupid? No. This, uh, well, I mean, you know, opinions are opinions. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna All give it subjective. A yeah. Oh, so good. You know, like high decent. Because it's, it's nothing great. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like they just didn't cast right. Well, I, I will <laughs> give, yeah. I, I will give you something. I, I do feel like the, the human characters, they were kind of tertiary. They weren't, they, they weren't that that vital i guess that's i'll i'll probably put it just to a regular good because yeah there were some human characters i would like to see more of but they yeah, were I mean, pretty the much caricatures for the most part yeah yeah, yeah. But then make it animated <laughs> well that one girl was definitely animated <laughs> because then you're just seeing her face be sad all the time like having it be a horse that i will I, actually I, I don't know would be more depressing a, a, a cartoon horse feeling sad or a, 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 whore, a real horse getting beaten down you're actually seeing that i have a confession to make i've never seen spirit spirit i liked i don't think it's an amazing film but it's a it's a fun uh adventure type film but it's more it's more adventurous and lighthearted than and than beauty that beauty is way way darker than spirit although both yeah. of them have the similar themes of wanting to be in their happy place being in the, the place that they feel like they belong and having to switch between owners or switch between different parts of the their life that they go through i also say they have a netflix show that's a sequel to spirit that show sucks uh don't watch that is <laughs> for little little girls and little girls only but i saw the first season of that show i was like oh dear goodness th- this looks cheap and it's not even it's basically just another version of Barbie, if you want to say. That's got Nolan North in the cast for some reason. Yeah, that are, that's our uh, films for this week. And we're getting the month of December. We're, we're seeing more Academy, or at least Netflix is trying to put in some more uh, movies to be in Academy Awards. Now, this film won't be coming out till December 11th, but we'll eventually get to uh, the movie that's got Chadwick Boseman in it that they're considering for an award yeah yeah they're saying that could get award potential and maybe get him a post-human post-humanist um nomination yeah that's coming out on the second week no never mind it's coming out on the 18th sorry the second let's first the first the next week will be godmothered on disney plus and mank on yes now that's the two films we got, and that's the films I'm going with. Unless you guys have another suggestion that's on any of the available streaming platforms, I'm open to that. I just those are the films that immediately popped up in my head. So unless there's another um, film you guys want to see, uh, and that could be any film that you guys haven't seen yet that came out this year, maybe or something else. But otherwise, those are our films for next week. There was other. There was one more thing I was talking to Justin about before I even started this recording. So on December twenty fifth, which is when Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four and Soul comes out, I might be at the lake house with my family. And if that's the case, 
either A, we'll just find a way to work around that and still do the show, or B, I'll have to push that maybe on a Saturday or a little bit later, but we'll, we'll see. Um, if we do that, that's fine with me. Um, I think I have to work on Christmas Day anyway. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll work something out, but that that's... Uh, yeah, that's probably that's the biggest out of them all because that's got two blockbusters coming out. And I heard uh, Godzilla is now gonna be yeah, uh, the there's a bidding war right now for it. Yeah, so it's not for sure if it'll be on Netflix or HBO Max, but they're definitely considering that movie there. I personally think that movie should go to streaming because I don't think that franchise is as popular as Warner's would. No, like that it to last be. movie I thought tanked. I think the last Godzilla movie, I, it didn't make its money back. Um, I, well, yeah, that that what I remember. So yeah, yeah, I uh, I will see that that that's coming out though. That's another that is a blockbuster though. That was originally going to be in the theaters, and we don't know what's happening to Double O Seven yet. The No Time to Die, that's even another. a bigger bidding war, and also Black Widow. That's supposedly still going to theater we don't i mean we don't know disney is holding holding on to that one but i guess we'll see how wonder woman 84 does well yeah it's pretty much they're playing russian it's like okay how did this film work well then we're gonna put it to uh we're gonna put it to uh uh, home and and that that's the reason why black widow is pushed back because they plan to put it on vod but since mulan uh, did not perform well they're like okay well let's push it back again eventually all these studios are gonna have to fold on some of these movies because the further we keep pushing things back um yeah we yeah we got we got teasers for the tom and jerry film and clifford the big ride dog so i mean there's some big movies that can compete with i don't know if you guys saw the trailers to those films but that that's something to look forward to next year okay i'll only say too much okay i'll say i'll say clifford the big red dog it's from the director of wild hogs and old dogs uh (laughs) so you know it's a classic in the making they they had a teaser just showing like the seat the cg in the dog and i was like okay that that cg in that dog looks like that uh call the wild deal but i mean i get it it's a big red dog but still i'm like I, I can tell that's not real. And Tom and Jerry movies when Tom and Jerry fight in a, a hotel, and that you got what's that guy's name from? Uh, he's in Fancy Island and also in Ant Man. Michael Pena. Yeah, Michael Pena's in the film, and uh, another act. Oh, uh, Ken John's in the film. So you have uh, Tom and Jerry hanging out with okay. those people in the resort. There's a part where they they're skateboarding and on drones. So that I'm looking. For- Hey, but they look like the characters from the show. That's all that matters, right? I, I mean, I guess if that's what's important. It's to also you. from the director of the old Fantastic Four movie, so uh, there is something to look forward to. The Michael Chiklis, Jessica Alba ones. The the one with uh, where Chris Evans is. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a crapshoot because he did direct the barbershop movies that are pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's he's directing that. So, I mean, again, big movies next year. Oh, and Hotel Transylvania 4. So there's... (laughs) I looked at all the sequels. Like, there's a guy who put a post like, these are all the epic sequels to look forward to. And half of them, I'm like, oh, geez, that's happening? Uh, But, I mean, there's stuff... 
I'm looking forward to next year. And hopefully with all the things, with all these movies being pushed back, maybe something will work out. But from what I saw on the summer blockbuster list, I, from what I hear, there's like two blockbusters releasing every week. And I think that's, if you don't, if the studios don't drop some of these movies onto streaming, I think that's going to hurt them just as much. So I, I'll we'll see. Again, we don't know what 2021 is going to look like. Even though they say a vaccine's coming out in the summer, that also requires everybody to take the vaccine. You still got those dummies saying COVID's not real. So and aren't they saying yeah. there needs to be an X amount of period after we get the vaccination before we can? Yes. Like yes. Yeah. Start going back to business as usual. Yeah. If that'll ever happen. Well, that will if we go into a, a full lockdown. So we'll see. Till then, uh, you know, thank you both for being a part of this as always. Uh, and as far as uh, re- upcoming events, so both of them, the upcoming events December, they're all they're both related to the gaming tadpole. But I want to say is that with the Game Awards on December 10th, what we're doing with that is going to be exact same when uh, the Oscars happen. So we'll have like an Oscars watch party and react to that. So that's on December 10th from 6 to 10. For those who uh, like gaming, they want to see what the Game Award show is like. And then December 19th is one last push on Extra Life to get 10,000. So we're going to be eating a bunch of sweets, a bunch of cookies and gingerbread and all that. Maybe they'll explode and then get into Jackbox games and other multiplayer stuff and, you know, get more donations. That's the good stuff that we got coming up. Of course, you can find us on all platforms on Pondspress. You just look it up, Linktree slash Pondspress or any Pond. If you're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or anything, if on your audio device, audio plat- app, we're there. And then, yeah, those events. Cody. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Cody's Film Page. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at film nerd 85 and hope everyone had a happy and safe thanksgiving whether you celebrated it or not and hope everyone continues to have a wonderful weekend stay safe and healthy yeah justin my worst of you movies on all the things and yeah happy thanksgiving everybody los angeles is going on lockdown on monday so lucky i will be home yeah. Hey, you have competent people who realize health and science is important. Yeah. 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 The death toll and the uh, rise in cases uh, isn't fun. So, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. So I'll be home. I'll be home. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, Koshmar, K O S Z M A R, episode uh, two drops. Um, yeah. Look forward to episode three coming up next. Until next time, take care. Yeah.